What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the seventh episode of The Bats Cave. I am your host, Alex Bats. This is the weekly pop culture podcast where I dive in and talk about everything in the world of comics, movies, video games, TV shows, and more. Basically, just talk about whatever I've been reading, watching, listening to, uh, whatever content I've been consuming over the last week, just general thoughts on stuff. Um, right out of the gate, this episode may be a bit shorter than uh, all of the ones uh, before. Uh, I've been averaging about an hour um, episode, like just under, except for my Joker review, which was like an hour and a half, but that was an outlier as of right now. Uh, but most of my episodes have been right at about an hour. Um, this one may be a little bit shorter. Um, I'm ta- which you can obviously see from the title, I am going to be talking about the Star Wars prequels. Uh, for this episode. I have just recently this past weekend, so I'm actually recording this a bit later than I normally do. I normally like to record on Sundays to give myself Monday and Tuesday to edit, but this past Sunday I was a little bit preoccupied playing Jedi Fallen Order all day, Um, and so yeah, I didn't record on Sunday. And then yesterday um, was my first day like back working like for the work week. And I was like, I don't really wanna record like right after work today. Um, So I didn't record yesterday. And so I'm recording this on Tuesday, the day before that it's going up. Um, So I actually got home and just basically immediately started to to record. Um, Cause I I have to, I'm not not doing another break. I refuse to, I'm like kind of mad at myself for that. Like, I think it was like three or four weeks between episodes like five and six and like, like that sucked that kind of bummed me out and I, I didn't like that um and so I'm not letting that happen again I'm doing it I'm recording this Tuesday night I'll have it all edited and uploaded by the end of the night ready to go Wednesday morning at 3 a.m if you've got notifications on for like YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or whatever you use to listen because I I make these go live ridiculously early that way they're ready for me to get the links ready for my post in the morning by the time I wake up um but yeah, so doing that, um, but yeah, so this, wow, what I was saying, this past weekend, so Friday morning, actually, I think, because it didn't work on Friday, um, Friday morning, I finished rewatching Revenge of the Sith, um, fantastic film, but so yeah, I, I've done the first three episodes of Star Wars, because I'm doing Before the Rise of Skywalker comes out. I talked about this. I don't remember which episode, um, but I'm doing a rewatch of the entire of all the Star Wars films. Uh, and so the order that I'm going, which I feel is the correct order to rewatch them, it's not release order. I saw someone said that to like watch it in like episode like four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, Rogue One, eight, and then Solo. And like, no. Oh my god, no, like, I can understand going 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, and then 7, 8, but, like, putting Solo and Rogue One, like, between 7 and 8, and stuff, like, I-, I get that that's the order that they came out in, but, like, come on, man, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm watching in what I'm gonna call the correct order to rewatch, doing it chronologically, I'm going 1, 2, 3, Solo, Rogue One, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So I finished one through three uh, on Friday with Revenge of the Sith. So I'm just going to give my thoughts on the prequels. Um, Man, okay, so I don't know if I want to start with overall prequel thoughts first, or I guess I'll I'll do some now and then kind of finish with more overall prequel thoughts. Um, I like the prequels. Um, I know a lot of people like uh, very much dislike them I'll, I'll use that instead of hate i know a lot of people have a lot of problems with them which don't get me wrong there are definitely some problems with these these films um revenge of the sith is top tier star wars though i'm gonna go ahead and say that right now that's probably my fourth favorite star wars film um i love that movie i'll get more into that when i get to it but that one's great more so one and two i feel are what people talk about whenever they talk about the prequels and the problems with the prequels um and I mean, I enjoy them. The time before this that I went to rewatch them, which was a couple years ago, uh, one was a struggle to get through. Uh, it kind of was again. I didn't watch it in one sitting. I watched it over like four days. I watched it in like bursts, just like kind of whenever I had time, I would just like go and like continue watching it, which is really, I don't like watching movies like that, um, but it's rough. Um, and then whenever I went to rewatch episode two a few years ago, I straight up just fell asleep. Um, 
And so I wasn't very, very, this was definitely going to be the hardest part of my rewatch, like getting through episodes one and two. Um, and I actually, I, and I also, this time I, I watched episode two in a couple different settings too. I, I feel, I think I did episode two in less, um, sittings than I did episode one. Like I watched bigger chunks of episode two this time, but it still took me like three days, I think, to like watch the whole thing. Um, and yeah, so, so I mean, episode one, see, I'm conflicted, I mean, I'm conflicted about episode one and two, um, but like the Phantom Menace is, is interesting. So I like what, one, I like what the prequels do in terms of the things that they introduce and the side of Star Wars that they show. Cause like up until this point, we, I mean, the Jedi and the Sith basically weren't really like, I mean, they were a thing in the original trilogy, but there was like, what there's a what luke vader obi-wan yoda and palpatine there's five force users in the entire like original trilogy i don't think i'm missing anyone i shouldn't be and so you know like that's it and then episode one we have an entire jedi order like there's the jedi council there's hundreds if not thousands of jedi we don't see them all granted but like we immediately from the get-go like we have qui-gon and obi-wan these are two jedi that are like Qui-Gon's in his prime and like Obi-Wan's a Padawan but like this is a young Obi-Wan who we already you know obviously know from episodes four like and so it's really cool to see the Jedi in their prime even though they definitely are very um not mis sort of misguided but just uh also ignorant to obviously the the manipulations and the workings of the dark side that are at play uh they're they are at the height of their folly um but it's still really cool to see that. And then also something that I really noticed uh, watching The Phantom Menace this time that I like, I mean, I, it kind of like went over my head as a kid and I also just didn't really like appreciate it as a kid. And that's the political like angle that these movies have, which I know that some people like really dislike the amount of like politics and stuff that are tried to, that are brought to the forefront of this. But I actually, the older I've gotten, like, I love Star Wars politics. I think it's so interesting because Star Wars, is, it's such a gigantic universe and there are so many different layers and different circles and different things that are going on in the, in the universe. And to see and, like, get glimpses of how that kind of works and, like, the Galactic Senate and how they try to, like, run the Republic and what happens when different worlds or different factions or whatever don't agree or don't want to cooperate with whatever is set forth by the Republic and the Senate. It's just so interesting seeing the ramifications of that and seeing them try to, like, deal with that and then also seeing where the Jedi kind of fit into that. Um, and so, like, I love that a lot. I've gotten more exposure from that probably from the books uh, than anything else, which, granted, I've read more, they're now Legends continuity books um, than I have canon books which i need to remedy soon um but it's still just such an interesting thing and so i, I really like in episode one the fact that like i mean the main conflict is it's about like trade like tariffs and like the trade federation not wanting to like um um god what's the, what's the word what's the word um coalesce isn't isn't the one that i was looking for but it's them not wanting to like give in to the demands of the republic and so, so there's the separatists which whenever I was younger, I just thought that was like their name. I didn't really like put together, you know, it's because they're separate from the Republic, obviously. Um, but so you have like the separatists, you know, opposing the Republic and uh, having a trade blockade in front of like Naboo. And I, it's just it's something that I appreciated a lot more now being older. And it's so it's just a really interesting angle of Star Wars. And like, I actually really like that. Like, I found myself actually like kind of like whenever um, it's not um, it's not uh, Padme. It's her um, double or like stand in to acts like she's the queen in order to protect her. Whenever she says uh, like they're trying to negotiate and she's like, I will not do anything that can plunge my planet into war. Like she's operating from a strict like leader standpoint and putting like her people above anything else and that like actually made it like I, li I literally like sat forward in my chair and was like paying attention because that's just something that's interesting to me now like thinking about why she had to do that why she's saying what she is saying and doing what she's doing because of the political repercussions that it will have um it's just really interesting to me now so i, I liked that angle a lot um 
And so I like the idea that they do with that and how they introduce that in episodes one, two, and three and go on with the Galactic Senate and everything. Um, and so I think that's really cool. Um, besides that, um, I, don't, I noticed a lot with episode one of what I was feeling, which granted it's been probably like two weeks at this point since I finished watching it. I really should have like watched them in a more concise time and then recorded right after because even now it's been a couple days since I watched Revenge of the Sith. Um, but... One thing that I, I found myself saying to myself um, whenever I was watching episode one was that so many, basically everything in that film feels like set up for what's to come in episodes two and three, which granted it is, but to me it also kind of keeps it from feeling like its own film to an extent. Like there are definitely things that you can pick out and be like, well, that's definitely episode one. And like, that is like Jar Jar and the Gungans and like them facing the like droid army is a very episode one thing. Obviously uh, pod racing is a very big thing. That's like unique to that episode. Um, like young Anakin just in general, um, the duel of the fates, which is very easily the highlight of the entire film is obviously like a big episode one thing, but I feel like just most of the things as they were happening, I was like, well, they had to establish that so that we can get this later. Like they had to talk about that so that this will make sense later. Like they had to, it was just, I found myself thinking uh, that a lot throughout the film, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, it also just isn't too great. I get like, it just, it like, <laughs> I mean, it is a prequel, but like, it almost feels like a prequel to the prequels, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I noticed that uh, Qui-Gon uh, gives or not Qui-Gon Liam Neeson gives it a phenomenal performance as Qui-Gon love Qui-Gon Ewan of course is great as Obi-Wan um Darth Maul is another huge standout for that movie obviously huge fan favorite I mean he's just a badass like what more can you say about Darth Maul um I will say that it is really funny watching the the Phantom Menace now and the Duel of the Fates and seeing him be um, bisected and tossed down the bottom, seemingly bottomless pit and just like knowing that he doesn't die from that is really funny now um, just to see because you're like oh yeah you're not dead though you can like come back even though I do know how he dies now which I won't get into I guess spoilers if you haven't seen the thing um, but so yeah that was that's cool duel of the fates though I mean I guess I'll get to that I don't really have like a whole lot of thoughts about episode one just in general i mean the dialogue and this is the same for episode two it gets better in episode three but like there's just the dialogue in general is like super cringy in a lot of parts and just not great um the actors do the best they can with the dialogue that they have honestly i will say i noticed i think that young anakin is a pretty is a pretty damn good child actor honestly uh he impressed me whenever i was watching it through this time um but yeah, the dialogue is probably the biggest attractor of the, that and then the overuse of CGI whenever it's not needed. The CGI isn't, I was going to say it's not terrible, but it's pretty bad in some spots, honestly, has not aged well. And there's just a lot of instances where you're like, you didn't need to do CG there, George. Like, come on, build a set, do whatever. Like, you don't, you don't need that. Um, and so that's the other thing that has kind of made the film not age as well. So like the CG, the overuse of CGI, the unnecessary use of CGI and, uh, the dialogue is pretty, pretty cringe in a lot of different, um, different spots. Those are the two biggest like detractors, but I mean, like it's still, it's a Star Wars film. I'm a huge Star Wars fanboy, So like, I still enjoy it. I have a good time. Um, but the duel of the fates, oh, that's just pure joy. The duel of the fates is amazing. It's it's so so good, start to finish. Um, I mean, it's just amazing seeing like Darth Maul just ignite that uh, the other end of his lightsaber and like just that, just launching into the action right there. And like it's such a uh, all of the lightsaber fights in the prequel trilogy are I would say quote unquote over choreographed, where they're very obviously choreographed fights. They're not what you would really see if someone's like actually trying to kill the other person but like they look damn cool you know like they just look really cool which is nice to see um it's entertaining to watch um and so it's really cool seeing Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go against you know his dual bladed lightsaber uh it's just epic to see um he just looks amazing anyways uh, I've really really loved the they like it's early on in the fight but they go into the big I don't even know what it's called it's not a room it's like a it's not a hall. It's just, 
Is that a coliseum? I don't even know what to call it. Just a huge open area that has all the bridges and the plasma energy things, whatever, going from, like, the floor to the ceiling. Um, they go into that area. And it's when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon kind of push Darth Maul, like, against, like, one of the, the edges. And um, the camera does a, like zoom in on all of their faces like it cuts between all three of their faces and like that zoom in and the score at that moment is just so so good um fantastic moment the uh yeah the duel and then it goes you know obviously they get to the the part when they're running it's cut between which is actually funny because i rewatch duels i i watch that lightsaber duel like every now and then on youtube i'll just search it up just to watch it um and so you know whenever you watch it on youtube it's the whole fight is cut together, but watching it in the movie there, you also get the, um, it's cut with the sequences of Anakin piloting the, I don't know the name of the ship. Sorry, Sean, if you're listening, cause I'm sure that you're screaming at me right now that you know the name. Um, but the yellow ship that I, that Anakin is piloting, um, to destroy the separatist, um, it's not a cruiser. I don't, I don't know what that's called either. Sorry. Um, but it's cut between Anakin and the Duel of the Fates uh, at the end. And so it was interesting seeing that this time. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. Uh, the Duel of the Fates is great though. And then it obviously gets to the part where um, there's the red like force field barriers that like stop them. It's a fantastic moment whenever Qui-Gon like realizes it and just like takes the time to like meditate for a moment. Um, and then, you know, of course we get Qui-Gon's death, which is extremely emotional. Uh, even though you know it's coming, it still hits. Obi-Wan's reaction is, is heartbreaking. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, we get Obi-Wan um, doing his from the low ground to high ground uh, move, just cutting Maul in half. Um, yeah, which is just great. It, it's fantastic. Um, I think that's, like, most of my thoughts about uh, Phantom Menace. It's really interesting, the uh, age gap between Padme and Anakin. I know she's like, apparently, I don't know how accurate this is. I saw someone literally on Twitter like yesterday say that apparently Padme is supposed to be like 14 in the, in the first movie, which I know that Natalie um, Portman was like 18, which was actually younger than I thought. I didn't realize that she was so young when they filmed uh, the prequels, but um, apparently Padme is supposed to be like 14 in that film, which makes the age gap between her and Anakin better, I guess, because Anakin's what, like nine or 10, like maybe 11 um and so um yeah it's just really it's interesting because like seeing them interact they look like they're at least like 10 years apart and um so you're like oh this is kind of like awkward because they yeah um but so that's definitely like something that kind of stands out with that movie um but yeah then then there's attack of the clones and oh man i See, I don't, I now am unsure whether or not I like The Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones more. For a while, for the longest time, actually, I was sure that I liked The Phantom Menace more than Attack of the Clones. I'm not sure about that anymore. So here's the thing with Attack of the Clones. One, it carries over their super cringy dialogue and the unnecessary use of CGI from The Phantom Menace. That is, those are both elements present in Attack of the Clones. Granted, the CGI is a little bit better. More time passed, so naturally technology got better. But it still does have those two problems. The cringy dialogue is maybe even more noticeable in this film than in the previous one. So those are still two pretty glaring issues with uh, the film. But again, it has a story that I really love, like the story of the clone army being built for the Republic without the Republic really knowing about it. And, you know, the introduction of Dooku and more stuff with the Separatists and everything just escalating is really, really cool to see. And then also on paper, the flourishing of the relationship between Padme and Anakin is really good too. But here's the thing with Attack of the Clones. So the first like 20 minutes are good. I'd even say great, maybe, because we get Padme landing on Coruscant and we have Anakin and Obi-Wan assigned to protect her. One, there's a really funny line uh, whenever she sees Anakin again. She's like, my, like, you've grown so much. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a completely fucking different guy. He's like 15 years older than young Anakin. Like, it's just really, really. And then you have Natalie Portman, who looks like almost the exact same. 
Um, so it's just really funny to like see that. I don't know if that line was meant to be meta, probably, but it is. Um, so that's just funny to see. But so the good part of the fifth, the, the opening like 25-ish minutes of Attack of the Clones is whenever the assassination attempt on Padme happens. So we get that assassination attempt, which is good. Um, and then the chase that ensues is fantastic, honestly. It's a great chase sequence. You have Anakin and Obi-Wan going and flying through Coruscant, doing crazy maneuvers, flying between all these different vehicles, all these different levels. You get a good look at like sort of the life on at least the upper layers and levels of Coruscant. There's so many people, so many vehicles. It's a really engaging and just like exciting chase sequence that you get. And it's like probably like 10 minutes or so. So it's a pretty like long chase sequence. And it's great. It's just a, it's a, it's a, like I, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, wow, like this is awesome. This is really cool. There's a lot of good moments. It's like really fast and high, and like high paced for a second. And then it like, takes a breather for a minute whenever Anakin and Obi-Wan are just like cruising like looking for kind of there's some really good banter between the two you really really love the I love the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin that you see in this movie it's good they you can obviously tell that they've spent a lot of time together they're like brothers um and so that's really good and also makes it even more tragic whenever we get to episode three um and so that's awesome all that is great and so you get that really cool sequence and it ends roughly like 25 minutes into the movie um whenever the uh bounty hunter ends up killing themselves i think they like inject no they get shot by Django. yeah they get shot by Django fett um whenever obi-wan and anakin, and anakin um, finally get a hold of them and so that's the end of the first 25 minutes and then the movie just fucking sucks for about an hour and 15 minutes. Like, I just have no other way to put it. Like, it... It just does, like... So, from that point on, you get Padme going back to Naboo, and Anakin is sent to go with her to guard her. And so, we have them, and then we have Obi-Wan, who's investigating Jango Fett and uncovering the clone army and all that stuff. And so... The movie flips back and forth between those two threads with, like, intermittent scenes of, like, Mace Windu and Yoda talking at uh, the Jedi Temple. I don't even remember what they said, really. Um, it's just more, like, exposition to, like, explain stuff to the audience, basically. Um, but, oh God, it just grinds to a halt. Because you'll just spend... You'll be with Anakin and Padme, and they'll be bonding, which is good. It, you need to see that you need to know their level of like emotion and affection and love for another or for one another and you so in the dialogue it's there but it's it's just so it's just such cringy dialogue like the whole time and they're just doing like nothing basically like they're just hanging out chilling kicking it and so we'll get like a scene with them where it's just cringy dialogue and them not really doing anything. I will say Hayden Christensen gets way too much hate for his portrayal of Anakin. He does really, really good with what he has. Um, you can see the conflict in him. I think he does that fantastically. Um, so that his performance is not a complaint from mine, actually, or from me, actually. I like his performance. I think it's good. But they're just doing nothing, basically. And then, so you have that, and then you cut back and forth between that and Obi-Wan, who will just make, like, incremental progress in his investigation. So he'll spend, like, four to, like, five or eight or whatever minutes with Anakin and Padme doing nothing. And then you'll go to Obi-Wan and spend, like, four to eight minutes with him doing pretty much nothing. And the movie goes back and forth like that. And then, like I said, with those, like, spare scenes with Mace and Yoda at the Jedi Temple. And it goes back and forth between those for, like, an hour and a half. And it's so hard to sit through. Like, it just... 
and it sucks because the story is good like on paper and the concepts and introduced and everything like it's, it's it's good it's i like what they're trying to do i like what they're going for but it's just so fucking boring to watch dude like it's it hurts honestly for like just that entire middle of the movie and at one point you get anakin going to tatooine to try to um that's even towards the end of that all that bullshit um you get Anakin going to, like, try to save his mother, and, like, that sequence is good, you really see the, um, seeds of him turning to the dark side there, when he just completely, like, unleashes on them, the shot of him riding the speeder across the desert is fantastic, um, I, I really like that shot, and seeing, like, that side of Anakin is good, it's necessary, and it's done well there, seeing that just conviction, and that just drive, and, and it also plants the seed of, like, he doesn't, he refuses to let his loved ones die like he will not let padme suffer the same fate that his mother did that's a very important seed to plant and it's a good thing that they do but besides that the whole middle of the movie is just well, not very good the the, the obi-wan and um jango fett fight is a is another highlight of that part but like that that fight is great i really really like that fight um but between that and Anakin going to try to save his mother that's like what 10 minutes maybe of an hour and a half ish I'm I'm rounding here I don't remember exactly how long but just of just boring like I had to have no other way to describe it um so yeah the whole middle of the movie is just fast forward through it honestly um but then you get to Geonosis and I pretty much love everything from there until the end of the movie it's great the whole like anakin padme like in the conveyor belt stuff and like trying to like get out of that all that action is really really solid action it's really exciting seeing them like go through all that try to survive and then eventually get captured it's really compelling um and then whenever they do get captured and brought out into the coliseum the entire coliseum sequence is awesome uh, Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan having to fight off those monsters, which, I, another thing that I have to say before I, like, get kind of further, I watched these movies when I was very young, these, I know I said in, like, a pre the, my Rise of Skywalker trailer reaction podcast episode, did I do an entire episode just on the trailer? I don't, did I? Maybe, um, but whenever I, I, I think I did, <laughs> um, but I said in that one that I, like, feel like I, quote-unquote grew up with the sequel trilogy because those are the ones that i've seen in theaters but like re-watching these again like i remember so much of them because i did watch these movies a lot whenever i was really really young like these obviously were very impressionable for me and are a big part of why i love star wars so much and so there is definitely some nostalgia wrapped up whenever i rewatch these films um especially episodes two and three i've found um and so like seeing all those monsters i was like oh yeah I like these fucking guys um, but like seeing them fend off the monsters is so cool. Um, and then that whole sequence is great. It's really exciting. And then obviously, you know, all of the Jedi showing up and just this huge battle of Jedi, like a hundred of them, at least probably against all these different droids is just so cool. Like it's such great action and entertainment. There's so many great moments, like little moments in it. Um, it's filmed really well like it's just it's great it's very it's a solid part of the movie and then that segues into this huge full-scale battle of geonosis which is fucking awesome it's so cool you literally just get the clone and droid armies fighting each other there's a, there's a shot in like the middle of the battle that's like it's 100% CGI and it's like these clone troopers walking through this massive dust storm and like you get blaster bolts and everything like firing through them and like that CGI right there is it looks so so good like it's a fantastic shot and just so this huge full-scale battle is just so cool to see like it's awesome i love that just everything from when padman and anakin get to geonosis onward is great honestly i love it and then i'll say everything with one caveat which i'll get to in a second um and so you get that, and then that segues into Count Dooku trying to escape, and Anakin and Obi-Wan having to, like, fly after him and try to get him, um, which goes into the duel between Anakin, Obi-Wan, against Dooku. And, you know, Anakin, of course, being the hothead that he is, rushes in, gets his arm cut off at the elbow, and so then we have um, Obi-Wan and... Wait... 
No, he doesn't get his arm cut off yet. He, like, rushes in and just gets, like, thrown to the side. And so that happens. And uh, whenever he does that, like, Obi-Wan ends up getting, like... See, I don't even remember. I can't even remember the fight, like, beat for beat. But anyway, Anakin gets tossed to the side, and then Obi-Wan gets... Oh, yeah, he gets wounded, like, on his, like, arm and leg. He gets cut with a lightsaber. Um, and then we get Anakin versus Dooku. And um, Anakin... Okay, so there's a shot... It's like five shots, I guess, that I absolutely hate. And like I know I've said before, I don't like speaking like completely negatively on things. I feel like there's enough negativity already. I don't need to add more. But like I just I have there's a shot in the middle of this fight. It's whenever it's Anakin versus Dooku and it's after Anakin. I think it's Anakin might be dooku i don't know cuts the like power line thing and so all the lights like in the area that they're fighting just go out and there's a shot it's a couple shots where it's like a close-up of anakin's face and then it'll cut to a close-up of dooku's face while they're fighting and in these close-ups you literally just have the lights from the lightsabers like going back and forth across their faces and you just kind of see their arms moving. Like, it's literally, you can even, you could see, like, if you're watching the video podcast, like, less of their body than you can see of mine right now. It's, like, sh- almost shoulder length, like, up, just, like, of their face. And you just see their arms. I'm trying to do it. My boom arm is in the way for me to wave properly. But, like, you see their arm just moving like this, and their face is just, like, stern and going, and you just get the light. And, like, it's awful. There's, like, five shots in a row like that it's like anakin like doing that and then dooku like doing that and it's like you can't see the lightsabers at all you can't see like the hits that they're deflecting you just hear the lightsaber sounds and you see the lightsaber lights and you see their faces and it's awful it's god awful i cannot i cannot believe that they filmed that put that in the final movie and people watched that in theaters I literally would have been so mad seeing that in theaters the first time. I mean, granted, you're already at, like, at the end of the movie, so you're not going to walk out at this point. But, like, what the fuck, man? It's so it's so bad. The film lover in me just cringes so hard every time. Because, like, that is just, like, all of the worst things that you can do in a fight. You can't see any of the choreography. You don't know. Ex- you have no idea how close they are to each other. You don't know the moves that they're committing. You can- You have, like, no information. It's so, so bad. Okay, I'm sorry. I got- I'm done. I'm done ranting about that part. I just, I, I, ha- I have to every time. I can't, I can't stand it. Um, but anyway, that happens, and then Anakin gets his arm cut off at the elbow, elbow, and then that was the one part that I was talking about that I don't like, and from the Geonosis stuff on, I- don't like that part everything else is fine um yeah anakin gets his arm severed at the elbow and then yoda shows up i actually like little yoda doing all his crazy acrobatic stuff fighting Kantuku. props to i can't remember the actor's name but the guy who plays dooku that man commits to that duel and he's fighting nothing in real life there's nothing there and he's going full force on that choreography and mad props to him for that um because he sells it he, he does you think that he's fighting a little yoda um, so that's really cool. I love whenever uh, Yoda first shows up and he uses like the lightning and then Yoda just palms that shit. He's like, oh, give me this lightning. Like, you think you can fucking do something with that? Uh, so cool. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that duel is really good too. I like it. Uh, it's a cool display of force powers. And then also seeing little Yoda just do all his crazy ass acrobatics and, you know, be a master with the lightsaber. Uh, is pretty cool and, and definitely unexpected like if you haven't seen it before you're like oh, especially if like, I can only imagine how that was for people who had seen four five and six and then went to see two in theaters and then like you know Yoda's just always been this really like kind of like cri- not crippled but like just this really like old dude that couldn't really like move that well and then he just starts busting out like quadruple backflips and shit um, it's crazy uh, but yeah so I like that um, and then yeah the film ends with uh, Anakin and Padme like being married in secret, um, which is good. I mean, it sets it, it. It needs to happen. It sets up, you know, Revenge of the Sith, um, which, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay, I love this movie. Pretty much everything about it, I love. The dialogue is better in this one. There's still some cringy elements, but I, I they Georgia cleaned it up. Uh, the CG holds up well. Um, there's 
still some instances where I'm like, oh, you didn't need to use it there, but it's not as noticeable. Um, and it's it's better. It holds up pretty well. Um, so that's good. So like the, the two biggest like detractors for episodes one and two aren't really present in episode three or not nearly as much. Um, and then also episode three is just like the entire culmination of everything. And so it's really just hitting you with like hit after hit after hit. Um, so yeah, the movie like starts, I love the opening sequence of this movie, the whole thing from the opening shot, how it's, it goes from the opening crawl to the Republic destroyer or cruiser, I guess. Um, and you see you're like above it and the camera like goes towards it. And then the camera goes over the side of it to just open up into this huge full scale space battle is so cool. And the camera like keeps going, continues in one shot picks up with Anakin Obi-Wan's um, ships and like follows them like over like in through the battlefield for a second. It's, it's such a fantastic, like it's a one shot or it's a continuous shot and it's a fantastic continuous shot. And it's the opening shot of the movie. It's so good. It sets the tone so well. Um, and then the whole, the back and forth between Anakin and Obi-Wan in this sequence is fantastic too. You really get that brotherly bond again, that like back and forth. Anakin's more like playful, obviously sarcastic and stuff. Uh, it's so good. So then like going in and going to rescue the Chancellor uh, is great. Um, there's a lot of good moments of them like on the cruiser. Um, R2 shines whenever he uses his like tar or whatever. And then his like thrusters to light those two droids on fire is a really cool moment. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot to love in that opening sequence, and then we get the uh, we get the rematch with um, Anakin and Obi Wan versus Dooku, and uh, I love that sequence. I, I think it's really really good. Um, it's choreographed well, and it's exciting to see Obi Wan gets taken out, and uh, then you know we have Anakin going toe to toe with Dooku, and uh, he wins and has Dooku as a hostage, and Palpatine's like, do it, kill him, like come on give in to your like hate and Anakin just he's like I shouldn't and he's like no do it though and Anakin's like all right I guess and just beheads him and though like the sound that they make the lightsabers produce whenever Anakin slides them across each other to like decapitate Dooku and how that sound just reverberates for a second is so powerful like it just like hits you you're like it just makes you feel dirty you're like oh that was that was wrong because like he had him as dooku didn't have hands at this point he had just cut off his hands and he's a prisoner and then anakin just beheads him like and so that's pretty brutal and that sound is just i can hear it perfectly in my head now um so yeah that part is good and then um you know the, uh, the chancellor gets rescued the the like crash oh the the confrontation with grievous is cool too i love grievous grievous is a really cool villain uh one his design is just awesome looking he's just very menacing uh even with his little his cough um watch the clone wars if you don't know what that's about um but yeah the uh seeing Grievous is really cool the the like droids that they have to fight that like keep fighting after they get like decapitated are really interesting um I also have to like as much I get obviously a lot of memories from this movie from rewatching it this is the one that I've rewatched the most out of any Star Wars film uh, I re would rewatch this all the time when I was younger and I'd watch the hell out of the bonus features on this movie like I, I can remember the bonus features of this movie like as vividly as I do the um the main film honestly I watch them so much um but aside from that, I also get a lot of memories from playing the PS2 Revenge of the Sith video game, which I've actually recently been contemplating literally buying a PlayStation 2 just to get this game again to replay it. Even though it's probably not nearly as good as I remember, it's probably terrible, but like the nostalgia just makes me want to do it. Um, so I'll keep y'all updated about whether or not I actually do that, because I'm, str I'm strongly considering it. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. The whole opening sequence is great. Um, and then, yeah, I'm trying to... God, I, it's bad that I, like, watched this not even a week ago, and I'm struggling to remember the exact order of things. Um, but yeah, this movie, it just it does such a good job of the seduction of Anakin Skywalker by Palpatine. Like, you see how completely he's manipulated by the Emperor, and... It, thrust down this path because he starts having the premonitions of Padme dying in childbirth 
Uh, oh, that's the other thing that happened like immediately afterwards. The fact that Padme is pregnant is crazy. Um, and like Anakin being so happy about that and just wanting nothing more than to protect his family. And then he starts having these premonitions about her dying and he will do literally anything that he possibly can to prevent this from happening. Um, and so that just makes him so susceptible to, to Palpatine. And um, so that happens. And um, yeah, it's just really, it's tragic seeing that. It really like w watching this movie like hurts because the whole film, like the good guys lose. Like that's just what happens here. It, that, that's how it goes. That's how this story has to end because we know where things are for episode four to like pick up. And um, so, yeah, it's really just like the downfall of the Jedi and, and the, the fall and seduction of Anakin Skywalker to the dark side. And um, it's crazy. It's really emotional. It's all really well done. Um, there's tons of great action in it. The whole um, sequence with Obi-Wan versus Grievous is great. I love that fight a lot. The, it ends in like the, the chase sequence, I think, is really, really cool, too. Um, one, the opening duel is great, especially whenever Grievous starts doing his like whirly lightsaber things with his two of his forearms. Um, does he do it with all four arms, actually? I think he might. Um, but like that part is crazy and like such good CGI too because he's just fully like CG. He's not like there. Um, and so that part's awesome. The chase sequence with him and Obi-Wan is really good. And then also the, the way the fight comes to an end is great. You know, the, the kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat for a second and Obi-Wan having to use the blaster. Um, the way that Grievous dies is so brutal. Obi-Wan just straight up shoots him, like, his internals, and he just starts, he just can bust. Like, he just puts a couple shots into him, and then just fire goes from his, like, his mouth and eyes, and sh it's crazy, honestly. It's a very brutal death. Uh, really cool, though. Uh, fitting for Grievous. It's a Grievous death. Um, <laughs> I'll be here all week. Um, but yeah, that sequence is really cool. Um, it's really awesome that we get the Darth Plagueis name drop. I feel like I think that that happens a little bit before Grievous's death um, from Palpatine whenever he's talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise. I mean, he doesn't say Darth, but that's who he's talking about um, to Anakin and talking about how Plagueis knew how to um, escape death and prevent those from dying, which I remember for the longest time there was a fan theory that Snoke was Plagueis. So I'm glad that's not the case. Um, but yeah, and that just like plays into Anakin's fears and desires of being able to keep Padme and his family alive. Um, and then, yeah, Palpatine just, uh, like Anakin figures out that Palpatine's the like Sith Lord and goes to take the information to Mace and, uh, Mace is like, we'll handle this. We'll do it. But then Anakin like can't let things go because he's just too, he's like the chancellor's offered me the opportunity to save the person that I love most like how can I not try to do that and so you know Anakin goes and goes to to interfere and um yeah it literally it's it's a crazy moment whenever he just like cuts off Mace's hand and saves Palpatine and then Palpatine you know yeah unlimited power I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna do the voice but un the unlimited power meme um, happens, which it sucks that I can't help but laugh at that moment now, because it's an extremely serious moment, it's one of the most serious in the entire film, um, but it's just such a meme now, uh, that I can't help but laugh, but, uh, yeah, it's just the huge turning point, and then he, you know, becomes the disfigured, um, emperor that we know him as, and, um, he literally just, like, knights, basically, uh, Darth Vader, and he's like, rise, Lord Vader, and, like, that theme hits, and just hearing him say, like, Lord Vader and, like, Anakin Rising having, like, now committed to the dark side and he's now the apprentice of the Sith Lord is just such a huge moment. It's done well. It's just, it's something that, like, is so integral to the Star Wars story that it's, you, I can't help but love seeing it. It's just monumentous. Um, and so, yeah, I like that. And uh, from then we get, oh, we get the incredible shot of Anakin marching up the Jedi Temple steps with the clone troops behind him and his hood up. Uh, fantastic shot of him doing that and then marching into the temple. 
Um, which also, if you don't know, there's a parallel shot whenever Kylo marches with his troops into um, the bunker at Crate in Episode 8. One of the aerial shots is like the exact same. So Kylo uh, mimicking his grandpa there. But um, yeah, and then then of course, you know, the slaughter of the Jedi at the temple and then um, the very infamous. It's also turned into a meme, but it's a very like heartbreaking and really like traumatic scene whenever Anakin goes to the younglings and they're like master the one comes forward and he's like master skywalker like there's too many of them like we can't do anything like are you here to save us and anakin just ignites his lightsaber and like the jump from like the youngling like oh dude i'm about to cry right now like it's on like it's so sad and terrible and like it just it's such a like it is i feel like 100 percent the most unforgivable unforgivable act that vader because at this point he is very much vader anakin is in there somewhere he has to be but like he has become darth vader now and that's the most unforgivable act that he commits he just slaughters the younglings and it really does like the purpose that it serves in the story is to show you one just how far anakin has fallen and then also if you had any doubts about the fact that he is now the villain of this story they're gone he just slaughtered kids and so yeah it's just a it's a that's a crazy moment to see um so we get that and then there's the order 66 montage which like execute order 66 and seeing just all the Jedi fall is uh, is another really, really wild thing to see. Um, that, like, it sounds bad saying, like, you love to see it. But, like, it's just, it's a very, like, I want to say it's, like, satisfying thing to see. But it's just, like, damn, like, this is, the, like, you see the fall of the Jedi. Um, which is crazy. It's so sad and heartbreaking. And then the whole montage is done so well. And then, you know, we get Yoda escaping. Um and so we get that and then this like leads into eventually the final confrontation between like Anakin and Obi-Wan like Padme like Obi-Wan has said that Padme to Padme that he he did terrible things Obi-Wan and Yoda end up going back to the Jedi temple and like look at the recordings and Obi-Wan sees Anakin committing these atrocities so he knows the truth and he goes to tell Padme the truth and she doesn't want to believe him and so she goes to Mustafar and of course Obi-Wan's on board and you get the terrible scene of um, it's not a, it's a good scene, but it's a, a terribly sad scene. Um, whenever Padme, it's it's so sad because when after Anakin's slaughtered all the Vader has slaughtered all of the separatists, he um, sees Padme's ship arrive and he runs to her, and they run to each other and they embrace because they love each other, and then Padme starts saying these things. Like Anakin's justifying it, and he's like, "We can rule the galaxy. Like you'll be okay. I'll make sure that we're okay. Like my new empire will be golden. Will be good." And she is just realizing how completely and utterly far he has fallen, and that he's not the person that she fell in love with. And she, I mean, she even said, like, she says, "Anakin, you're breaking my heart." And, like, honestly, which, like, is, like, a kind of corny line, but, like, the way that Natalie Portman delivers it, like, oh, slow clap it out for that, because it's fantastic. Um, I said fantastic, like, 80 times in this podcast episode. Um, but, yeah, it's great delivery. Her performance there is incredible. Then Anakin just gets enraged at the sight of Obi-Wan because he thinks that Obi-Wan is trying to turn her against him and that he succeeded in doing so. And it's their back and forth there is I don't even know how to describe it really it's just it's such a like it's so sad because they were so so close you got to see them being brothers in arms and like they loved each other as like family and now Obi-Wan like knows that he has to fight Anakin and then you get the fight the duel and it's just uh, it's a fantastic duel it goes like the length is incredible the 
the scale, the emotion, just everything in the first three movies has been leading up to this. And then it is like we've got four, five, and six, if you watch those before, backing it into the like this is just the entire crux of the Skywalker saga is just hinging on this duel, this encounter. And it does not disappoint. It's incredible. Um, the choreography is fantastic. I said it again. Um, and I, I just love the distance traveled in this duel. Like they start outside and they go back like into the conference room thing, through the conference room thing, through the corridor, all the way to the outside. They fight on the outside for a little bit. They fight on the like pipe thing where they're like off balance for a second they go to like the like shield thing they have to like hide from lava for a second that thing collapses they're like fighting on top of that as it's going through the lava river they jump off of that all of these things on the river and then like of course ending with like don't try anakin like i have the high ground uh, which Obi-Wan knows how to defend against the move that anakin's going to try because it's the same move that Obi-Wan used against darth maul and of course, Anakin tries it, and we see him get dismembered and then left to burn. And then, yeah, just the, oh God, the, the dialogue from Obi-Wan, and whenever he's like, You were my brother, Anakin. Like, I loved you. And like, you were the chosen one. Like, you just, it's so hard to not like just tear up and just be like, Oh my God, this is so sad. And like, Anakin's just screaming, I hate you at him. Like, and you're like, no, Anakin, you don't mean it, but he does, like, in this moment, and it's just so, it's so heartbreaking and sad to see, and it's just, oh, it's done so well, it's all so good, um, intercut with that's the Yoda and Palpatine fight, which is just, like, whatever, I feel like George Lucas just was like, yeah, and then we can also have Yoda and Palpatine fight, because why not? Um, nothing comes from it at all. Literally, it, the outcome would have been the exact same if Yoda had just left the Jedi Temple and went into, like, solitude there. Like, literally nothing would be different. The fight didn't do anything. But I digress. Um, it's still an enjoyable fight to see, but it's just, you're just kind of like, man, cutting in between, like, the fight that I really care about with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um... But yeah, so I mean that one of the best lightsaber duels of all time, and it, like it's a lot of people's favorite of the entire saga, and for damn good reason. Just everything put together, the choreography, the cinematography, the emotion, what it means to Star Wars, just all of it wrapped into one. It's just, it's, it's so good. It is, <clears throat> I love it so much. So we get that, um, and then. Yeah, after that, it's really just, like, putting the final pieces into place for where things are in episode four. We get um, the birth of Luke and Leia and um, Padme dying in childbirth. Um, they say that she lost the will to live. Apparently, there's a fan theory that Palpatine manipulated and actually killed her through the Force, which um, I kind of like that a little bit because that's just even more sinister. Cause, I mean, one, he tells Anakin that he killed her, which he didn't. Um, just to manipulate him even further. Um, but yeah, I, I think I kind of like that fan theory. I think, I think that's interesting. Um, but yeah, we get that. And then, oh, it's so, one, it was really cool too, because the, on Disney plus all the star Wars movies are in 4k, which is nice. I love that. And so it was really cool seeing this in 4k, but then, um, the shot, you know, Vader's helmet being put on and him putting on the helmet and like that first iconic breath. Oh, it's so good. It's in, it's incredible. It's, it just chills. Um, that's a moment. The whole way that film that scene is filmed is fantastic. I said it again. Make that a drinking game. Go back to the beginning. Oh, I mean, you're already here now, but like, yeah, good luck. Um, yeah, that's great. We get um, the decision of General Organa and Obi-Wan and Yoda to split up the twins, Luke and Leia. Obi-Wan takes Luke to Tatooine. And, you know, Leia goes with General Organa. Um, and, yeah, it just sets up everything for for the for A New Hope. The final shot is, um, oh, I want to say, is his name? I can't remember Luke's uncle's name. I want to say Gary, but I feel like that's not right. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember, which is bad. Um, but the final shot is him and his wife holding Luke and we see the twin, the twin sunset over Tatooine, the iconic twin sunset. And that, now that's just, that's how it ends. Um, 
and so yeah it's just i mean the revenge of the sith is just t- all the way through fantastic film i love it a lot um just what it means for the entire saga um uh, the action is i almost said it again but the action is amazing uh, it's filmed really well the cinematography is great the score oh my god the sc- i mean the score in all three movies is incredible but the score in revenge of the sith especially oh top tier thank you john williams um the writing in three is a lot better than in one and two just every everything about three i love i love a lot um so yeah i mean i don't know i i the i thought this episode was going to be shorter but i ended up rambling for uh, i'm almost at an hour now so um yeah the prequels overall love episode three it's probably my fourth favorite star wars film episodes one and two are unfortunately at the bottom of the barrel but um i do still enjoy them i think that they're enjoyable films i will struggle to call them great films just because of the flaws that they have i don't even know if i can call them good films because there's some things objectively that i'm like yeah that's just not good but my star wars bias definitely helps me a lot with uh, viewing them i i I definitely like them there are a lot there are a lot of things that i like about episodes one and two even borderline love about episodes one and two um and so yeah I, i love the prequels overall i mean they do uh, a lot of really cool things for Star Wars. They show us the side of Star Wars that we hadn't seen previously. Uh, the whole Clone Wars era is awesome. I'm actually in the... I'm not at the middle. I'm at the beginning of watching through the entire Clone Wars series. Uh, I've never seen the whole thing. I've seen like 10 or so episodes of like the first season. So I'm doing that now. Um, but yeah, the prequel the, the prequels do a lot right. Even though they also get a lot wrong. Um, but episode 3 alone I feel like is worth it. Um so yeah those are those are pretty much i think all my thoughts on the prequels um overall i love them i love what they do for star wars i love what they bring to the table um seeing the fall of anakin is heartbreaking and and yeah it's uh it's interesting um yeah good movies good movies um so I guess now I'll do like my my social media plugs and all that. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at AP Batman with two T's is my personal Twitter where I tweet about uh, whatever, basically. <laughs> and then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Batman Files. Uh, that's my Batman account, which um, I assume most people listening to this probably got here from that account. But if you didn't, go follow me at Batman Files. Uh, for more Batman content, I just post a bunch of Batman stuff on there pretty much all the time. It's the account that I use the most. Um, and so, yeah, be sure to follow that if you want some more some more Batman content. I might be changing my at on that soon because Twitter is doing uh, their whole like Twitter purge thing starting in like a week or two where they're going to be deactivating a lot of accounts that have been inactive, freeing up some old usernames. And I got my sites set on a uh, specific batman related at so uh i'm not going to say it for fear of someone going to take it before i can get it um but so we'll see how that happens but then i'm also conflicted because i've kind of come to grow or i've grown to really really love the batman files at you know kind of having that as my brand so i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens um and then if you want you can i said this the past couple episodes now you can follow me on instagram if you want i don't really post on there anymore unfortunately i'll I don't want to lie and say that I'll try to post more again. I might post more again at some point. I might start picking pick it up and do it again. But at apb.comics, if you want to go look at my old posts, I think they're pretty good. Um, you can follow me on there. Um, also, be sure to follow um, at Comic Book Debate on Twitter and check out their website. They're one of the sites that I write for. They're awesome. Uh, there's a very great... Um, diverse group of contributors there contributors there that put out a lot of great content just pop culture related stuff please be sure to give them a follow i write for them i'll have an article going up some point this month uh of december um so be sure to follow them and you can check out my past work on there too which i'm very proud of um also be sure to follow at comics bookcase I think it, it might actually be at comic bookcase. There might not be an S because I think the character limit is too much for Twitter. Um, so be sure to follow at comic bookcase on Twitter as well. Um, I write for them as well. There's a lot of really great people and talented people that write for that site and contribute there as well. It's a bunch of awesome people. Um, so be sure to follow them. Check out my stuff there if you haven't already. 
Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Be sure to um, leave a like, rate, and review for this episode on whatever platform you're using to listen. Uh, any feedback is much <clears throat> appreciated, um, good or bad. Always looking to make the show better. Uh, be sure to subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already and you're watching the video podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe or I think subscribe is what you do on most other podcasts listening things to um, and turn on notifications to be alerted whenever these episodes go live because again, they go live hours before I tweet about them. Um, so if you want to be the first to listen, be sure to do, to do that. Um, and yeah, thank you uh, so much if you made it this far. Thank you again for listening and be sure to tune in next time. Later.